You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Scandal After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show, it's AfterBuzz TV's Scandal After Show. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome back. This is the AfterBuzz TV After Show for ABC Scandal. Today, we're going to be recapping Episode 8 of Season 3, titled Vermont is for Lovers 2. I'm Cornelia, taking lead host today, and I'm joined by two fabulous hosts. Guys, introduce yourselves. Hi, everyone. I'm Sophia Stanley. And I'm Bam Erickson. He couldn't be with us today. He had a scheduling conflict, and... um, we miss him already. But we're just going to jump right into this week's episode. So, guys, what did you think? What did you think this week? You know what? I really, really like the pace. Um, I will be honest with you. I was uh, tweeting a lot of people, and I was a little scared because uh, the beginning of the episode had a uh, viewer discretion for violent content. So I was a little scared when I saw why they had a violent content disclaimer. I was definitely surprised. But something about the pace of this episode I really liked. I feel like everything settled. Um, and um, maybe I'm a diehard Olitz fan, so maybe that's possibly why I like the episode. But I will recant that in like 20 minutes. I also enjoyed the episode. And although I stick with it's very soap opery, very drama, but it was it was very it was very good. It was a good mix of that whole day, uh, the whole nighttime soap. You had some good sex scenes. You had the drama. You had all these uh, storylines that was all circling around each other. So real good. I like Android. Yeah. How about you, Cornelia? I liked it. I liked how it all tied together. It wasn't choppy. There was a lot of stuff going on, but it didn't like march through. It kind of glided through mm-hmm. the whole episode, and it was enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get into the juicy stuff later, but right now let's talk about the campaign. So, as we know, Josie Marcus was running for president. Um, Olivia and the associates were helping her, you know, throughout the campaign to make sure that she gets elected. But today they embarked on a new issue. The campaign laptop that they were using was stolen from their house. So OPA gets the phone call. They come over. You know, immediately everyone thought that maybe it was Governor Reston and, you know, his group who stole the laptop. But Olivia, OPA, everybody was kind of standoffish. They were saying, you know, let's figure it out. Even if it is him, you know, let's get our footing first before we make a statement. But as we come to see, they waited to make a statement. But Candace (laughs) jumped the gun and went ahead and made the statement behind everybody's back. I was waiting. You knew there was something Candace was going to do at some point. Um, I would have liked for it to string out a little bit longer uh, so that maybe we can see her and Harrison's relationship kind of evolve because, you know, I always say he doesn't have he doesn't have much. (laughs) But I was hoping that it wouldn't have ended so abruptly and that there was more things that Candace would have corrupted before it ended so quick. 
Um, I I agree with you. However, I I really liked his scene. Like I liked when she basically did the press conference. Olivia, all Olivia had to do was look at Harrison, and Harrison was like, "It's handled." Um, and then the way his interaction with Candace, I'll be honest with you, I did not see the next scene coming. Um, however, the way that he talked her down and then the way that she basically responded was like, oh, so you're going to babysit me? And he's like, you know, maybe if you're good, I'll let you stay up past your bedtime. I like that banter because he not only read her, but he basically said, he's like, you did it because we told you not to. Which, if you think about it, from the minute that they were hired, she's never been a fan. Mm -hmm. In her mind, she really thought that she could do it. Right? Because she wanted to be the shining star. And so there is that kind of childlike rebellion. Because again, and I'm going there, she technically didn't have a mother. She had a mother, but she didn't. So now Mm -hmm. that she knows who her mother is, she's acting out. Mm -hmm. Right? She's acting out for attention. And, arguably, she's acting out to see how important she really is. And in a weird, twisted way, she got the answer. Because her mom wasn't willing to throw her underneath the bus. And her mom, like I've been saying, I've been waiting for someone to put family first and to really speak through their character. And I think that's what Josie did. And and if Candace hadn't done what she had done, Josie would have never been able to show herself as an honorable individual, which is somewhat sad because arguably that's what politics within the construct of this show needs is someone who has that level of morality who isn't willing to play the game and sell out their child who did something that wasn't with malice she really actually thought that's how the game was played were you surprised though when Josie removed herself from the campaign because honestly when she did that I was hoping that she stayed in it I felt like it was going to be a you know just a casualty, a bad casualty if she had to throw Candace under the bus. That that was just bad. But I was really surprised when she removed herself from the campaign. I just really wasn't expecting it so soon. I was a little surprised, but I was also happy because I don't like the storyline. With um, I don't, I just don't like it. I was hoping there would have been maybe some some conversation between Josie and Candace because mm-hmm. the issue has they haven't spoke about this issue. Do you guys think she, they're going to be around still? No. That's it. That's it. Yeah. One and done. Well, you know, I, you're right. It, it does seem like there should have been some type of dialogue because ha- they we haven't seen them really talk about being mother and daughter. Mm-hmm. We just kind of see Candace acting out, Josie sticking up for her, but never really saying, you know, I'm sorry, or this is, you know, this is why I'm doing this. And I, and, and most weekly scandals, who the who did the scandals, you don't normally see that. But because Lisa's character has been a reoccurring uh, guest star for so many episodes, I was I was expecting more. But at least um, I'm glad it's over. But with all of that in the mix, I was glad that Harrison was able to to get him some. And then I also <laughs> like the fact that that um, that David and uh, Abby were. It was revealed. It was revealed more that um, that they were really in a in a real yeah. relationship. Yeah, they have a regular relationship. We saw, mm-hmm. you know, Abby went to his office, was trying to get David to pull some strings and jump the gun as well. You know, to you know to put the pressure on the situation with the laptop. But then after the fact, she threw in the fact that you snore mm-hmm. and you're gonna <laughs> the hypnosis isn't working. Yeah. You're gonna have to start sleeping with the plugs again. Yeah. So, and then jump to when they were in the bed, when Abby, well, when, yeah. who got the phone call? Yeah. Did they get, did he, did. No, no, what happened was. He yeah, got David, a phone call. David got, David the, got, phone got call. the phone call. and and indirectly, 
kind of accused. But I actually, can I, sorry, I'm going to cut you off on purpose, ma'am. I actually like that because it shows that they have a real relationship with one another. They're mm-hmm. not, they're not um, putting up a facade. He knows who she is, mm-hmm. and he, and she knows who he is. So he's like, um, I'm not insulting you. I'm actually just saying, I know you're capable of this. So kind of, I'm going to be unprofessional for a standpoint and have a conversation like we're actually just boyfriend and girlfriend, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you the scenario and lead you to to, to where I think I'm going to go. So basically, meaning these people called the Popeds mm-hmm. possibly have done X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. kind of talking to her as if she's not a member of the Popeds. Yeah. I actually, I I thought it was cute. I love and it. And I again, I think that her response, like the the quickness with which she called Harrison, shows something too. Because, go ahead. I also liked how she said it was not me and it was not a live. And then I I like the back and forth, how they can be professional and then they can be personal (laughs) and they know how to go back and forth and they they understand the dynamics of their relationship, unlike some other people But the last comment that I want to make before we move on is that it's kind of um, how you were saying that you're happy that the storyline is over. I actually had a feeling, and you know I love wordplay, that with the title of the episode, at first I was like, okay, Vermont is for lovers too, i.e. meaning also. So obviously Vermont normally has to do with mm-hmm. politics, but it's saying it's for lovers as well, and so I think that a lot of people were hoping that there would be an Olitz moment, right? Mm-hmm. But then I also was like, it's also Vermont is for lovers too, like a second time around, mm-hmm. right? So meaning the first time we really kind of had any impression that there was an Olitz was obviously regarding the campaign and that a lot of things were revealed the last time we were in this scenario in Vermont, that it almost gives people an opportunity to right wrongs. Right, which we'll talk about a little bit later. So I had a feeling that her story was done because to me they're going to have to have another Reston Fitz. It, it, that's the only way it can go. Like there's a cyclical nature to this show, which is almost like the cyclical nature of life. Like mm-hmm. whatever you want not to happen, whoever you don't want to see, that's going to come up again, or whoever you long for, hopefully, is going to come back around in your life. Yeah, totally. And I think that they do have to go into some more weekly scandal. You know, who done it scandals. And they have to get into that because she was in a bind for a second. So her their their company has to go forward with more clients. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So while Josie, the Josie campaign was going on, the White House, well, not necessarily the White House, Cyrus and Melly concocted a plan to take down Sally Langston by using Sally's husband, Daniel Douglas, mm-hmm. as a pawn. So they figured out last episode we saw they thought that that Daniel Douglas was gay. Mm-hmm. So now Cyrus <laughs> Plant is planting the seed to use his husband James as bait. He throughout the episode we saw him you know trying to get James to do an interview with him. He pitched this um, idea and said that he gave um, James's name to the newspaper <laughs> to do just this small little story. I know it's beneath you, James. I'm sorry. You know, basically just baiting him completely. Poor James was just like taking it all in. Cyrus is such an ass. <laughs> he is, and he plays this role so well. But I'm I'm a little. James, you should know your husband. You should know that you're being played. How long have you two been together? You shouldn't you should be able to know when you're being played. Just like when when something happens and then the other have sweet talks or rubs uh rubs or sh- like there are signs that you should know when your partner other half is trying to sweet talk you or or get you to do something and James should know that by now. 
I agree with you, but he did. Remember as he's coming out of the closet and he and Cyrus had just suggested him he that that he wear the purple sweater with the crew neck or the V-neck, right? Mm-hmm. He goes, Oh, you feel guilty. I know why you're being really nice to me. I know why you gave them the name. It's because you weren't nice to me when I got fired. So he felt like he was being played, but he thought that Cyrus was playing him in the standpoint that he thought that James was still mad at him. He was giving him something to do so that he wouldn't be upset with him. I really honestly don't think like there's almost no way that James would think that Cyrus would pimp him out. Yeah, Primarily because Cyrus is narcissistic. In the same way that when he's talking to Melly, Melly even says, like, are you sure we want to do this? And he's like, oh, what with a marriage? And do you know what I mean? And Melly was like, yeah, no, with your marriage. And he basically is like, whatever, my husband's not your husband. The minute he said that, that's a lack of accountability for the fact that you are pimping out your husband. So whatever is going to allow you to pimp out your husband, arguably you're not giving your husband something that he needs. Right? And you don't value him as a whole human being. You value him solely as an object to be traded simply to win an election. And that and I, and that's obviously true because in season and uh, in season two, James did uh, Cyrus did uh, refer to James as a young hot slut or yep, something. Exactly. He did. Oh yes. He so did. again, I just I feel like James should know who he married. He should, but think about it. You never would assume that your husband, regardless of how shady he is, you think that he's shady in business and you know he does things, you know, for the White House for the sake of that. But James doesn't know about the whole Sally thing and trying and her trying to steal the election from Fifth. Mm-hmm. So, so so James probably would never have thought Cyrus wants Daniel to come on to me for the purpose of saving Fitz. Like that's I don't, just, I don't think in the sense of the pimping. I don't think that maybe James should know that he wanted Cyrus. He wanted um, him to go as far as the whole making out or whatever. But just some of the things that he was saying, you should have. But like, again, he was thinking that he wants him to write a fluff piece because at the end of the day, he's thinking he's writing, going to write this amazing piece in the DC Times about Sal- Sally Langston's husband, which is going to get you know buzz and possibly you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, people will be more interested in the husband, more interested in Sally, which mm-hmm. will then be of benefit to Fitz because mm-hmm. they don't. He doesn't know that they're not running on the same ticket. Mm-hmm. He's thinking that by helping Sally's husband, he's actually helping Fitz, which is actually helping Cyrus. Mm-hmm. So he knows Cyrus is using him, but he thinks the end goal is to help Fitz in line with just writing a story. Definitely not the way it, p- yeah. the way it is. Mm-hmm. As well, the fact that nobody knows that Daniel Douglas is gay. Mm-hmm. It would be different if there would have been rumors or if they kind of knew and they knew, nobody knows. And so, what about I was going to say? Now, what about once it was revealed to James Ooh. that he got played? Because now, imagine how sad that is, though. For some other man to tell you about yeah. your life and what's really going down. Mm-hmm. Poor James. Like, I keep saying poor James, but poor James, he's there really thinking he's there for this job. Yeah. James always has his career in mind, and Cyrus always finds his way to come in and shoot his poor little dreams down. So yeah. now this piece that he was writing means absolutely nothing. Yeah. While And while this was going down... Cyrus was at home pacing back and forth, mm-hmm. yeah. waiting, watching the clock, figuring yeah. out what was going on. Gets text messages after James comes home. And also the way that James came home. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Like, it was so, it was so, I don't even know what the word is. It, it was so, go ahead, Bam. 
there's I can't I can't figure what movie it is, but if you just give me some time, I'll I'll tweet it tomorrow. But he James came in like the woman who had found out something, and it was the perfect payback to your husband for what he did to you. Um, maybe the best man. I can't remember. I can't think of what it is, but the way James walked in, James walked in like okay. Or maybe it was the first best man when Mia slept with yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Tay yeah. Diggs yeah, yeah. behind Lance's that's back. It, that's what I was thinking. But mm-hmm. the, what do you think about? Do you think James should have did it? But also, but do we? We know don't know. We don't know James, James did, did it. it. Thank you, Cornelia. Thank you. No, 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 no. The shirt was off. But, no, but think, about, about, but, think about this. Yes, go ahead. Imagine you finding out from this man that you really thought you were going to interview that your husband and his crew set you up to bait him. Mm-hmm. At that moment, you're pissed. Mm-hmm. James was pissed. So what he could have done was tell Daniel Douglas yeah. they could have traded stories yep. and figured out what really happened. Mm-hmm. And then had but they could have posed for the pictures. The only the only flaw with that though is now there's pictures with Daniel Douglas being gay and he doesn't want anybody to know he's gay. That's James rough. is out. But we don't really know that they did anything. I think I don't know if they went all the way. James probably James is so committed to Cyrus that maybe he stopped in the moment once he realized, okay, you know what? No, I can't do this. But there had to have been some kind of little titate that went on because I don't even even in their deepest conversation where they figure things out, if he gets outed, then Sally's done and Sally is gonna kick his gonna kick Daniel's ass because now he just ruined her chance. Yeah. We'll see where this goes though. We'll see because it, it could have been it could have been they could have set that up set mm-hmm. that up and they could have really gotten it on. Just really quick, finally when when uh when Cyrus was in bed and he was crying, that's what your ass get. Yeah, he um, yeah, you know it's payback because remember Cyrus tried to kill James <laughs> outside yes. in broad Day- daylight. Yeah. Okay. Oh. He was gonna murder James. Yeah. Uh anyway. So, but let us know on Twitter and let us also know on iTunes what you think. Do you think that James really actually, in fact, slept with Daniel or do you think it's all a setup? You can literally leave us comments, you can rate, you can subscribe. So, the way that you do that is you go to iTunes.com and all you have to do is you type in After Buzz TV Scandal. And all of our podcasts will come up from season one, season two, and season three. And there you can rate, comment, and subscribe, and more importantly, tell a friend. We love your comments. It helps us actually figure out predictions, figure out theories, and actually sometimes figure out topics for the show. So again, just go to iTunes, rate, comment, subscribe, and tell a friend. And um, make sure that we're five stars. It's all because of you. Thank you so much, Gladiators. So last week, Quinn was initiated unknowingly into B613. Coming straight out of the gate, Charlie drops Quinn off at the office and tells her, you know, just act normal. Eh, it's whatever. Quinn walks in with coffee, and when she walks in, they're on the, the Dresden case, trying to figure out who killed Dresden when the killer is right there standing in the office. Quinn is completely frazzled, mind yeah. you. She, They have this idea to pull camera footage from all of the other buildings. Quinn takes the initiative to go and do that <laughs> on her own. Now, what did you guys think when she bumped into Charlie? No, when she bumped I'm into Jake. I'm not Charlie. Yeah, she bumped Jake. into Jake. Go home. Shit. Uh, no, <laughs> no, see, actually, see, to me, it's actually different. I actually was curious why she just didn't volunteer for that. Like, do you know what I'm trying to say? Because it's like you have to move really quick to kind of be ahead of OPA. Mm-hmm. So why didn't you just 
say something. But also, too, and I need to watch it again, so maybe some of you gladiators on East Coast time have already watched it a couple of times. Um, didn't she slip something in her pocket? So the so the so the the drive that she gave to Jake wasn't actually the drive. I think I saw her put something in her back pocket. So yeah. when when she took it, right? When she took it, she put one in her pocket and had another one. Mm-hmm. So on some levels, it's like, okay, cool. It worked. Like she was like, Oh, I was just, you know, basically taking initiative. They think that's who she is. Do you know what I mean? And he's like, Oh, well yeah, you know. But this is my thing. Jake, you do not you're not employed with OPA. You did not get a check. <laughs> there is no way that I'm going to hand you over some damn disc oh. because you're freaking Jake. Take your ass and go somewhere and get a job or or be an intern because why you? Why I mean, I think, why why is she giving him? Who are who are you? But Olivia Olivia invited him in. Obviously, yeah. Olivia invited him in. I get that, but. Okay. <laughs> brother, you own you. You're the new Quinn, brother. You're new. How, there's no way that I'm just gonna give you the the. But disc. again, it's nervousness. Again, it's I. I no. I, the funny thing is, Bam. I actually agree with you 100 percent because at the end of the day, like if you're taking the initiative to potentially save the day, then the only two people you should give the information to is either Hawk or Olivia. Mm-hmm. But I think that because she's so nervous. She, she she can't really fight at that moment and be like, oh well, no, I'm gonna keep it after I went and I didn't tell anybody where I was going and I took the initiative and what? Yeah, it's not gonna it's not gonna work that yeah. way. And if she would have said, oh, I didn't get it, I don't have anything, he would have went to the counter and they yeah. would have said, oh, some lady came and asked for yeah. the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. She just walked out. He just saw Quinn walking out, so yeah. it was it was kind of you know she had to give it up kind of. But on the other side, uh, Jake is her colleague now, so. She better get used to him because she's working with him as he's the intern at OPA and he's her, her superior at B613. So she, this this is Quinn's new life. She's working two gigs. Mm, yeah. So she get they get back to the office. Huck is trying to, well, Quinn is trying to work on the software, <laughs> basically trying to erase her face or to see if she can even find herself. And Huck takes over. Quinn's panicking, whatever. Um, and but, that's the key. And that's the key. I don't know. Is on her laptop? Was it the footage she gave Jake, or was it her footage? Mm. Right, because it was her laptop. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm trying to say? And I yeah. and I think that's where she messed up. Because mm. she was literally trying to do it that quick that she, she couldn't was. even like wait till she went home or so forth and so on. Go ahead. So we finally get a scene where Huck communicates with Quinn. This whole time, oh. I know personally, you know, I've been bashing Quinn. Quinn works my nerve. But Hook finally said to Quinn, Jake told me that I don't open up to you and I don't talk to you. He said that I don't tell you that you do a good job. I know you do a good job and I want to, you know, you to know that you do a good job. Quinn kind of took it as, you know, like it kind of shook her up a little bit. You could see she was kind of, you know, taken, she was kind of set off a little bit. But the question isn't, what do you guys think? Do you think Quinn, is is that what she wanted? Was it the fact that she wanted to be acknowledged for her work product? Or was it the fact that she wanted to do the type of work product that Huck does? 
You know what I mean? Like, does she want the recognition, or does she just want to do I think what he does? I think it's all of the above. I think it's, it's again, I think it's the sense of belonging, and I think the first sense of belonging is, belonging is acknowledgement. So, I think that there was a potential that if he had acknowledged her, she wouldn't have had the void, and then the void wouldn't have had to have been filled by something such as killing someone. Like, she, he could have stopped it, but at the end of the day, that intrigue is for everything. And he let her torture that guy. Yeah. So she kind of got it. Was like double. It was like double time for her. I I thought that that Huck said that it was Charlie who said that. So it was actually Jake. Wait, she, Charlie who said when Huck says Charlie to um Jake told me that you're you know you're not being I don't show appreciation. I thought it was I thought it was Charlie. He said that Charlie said that. No, 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 no. no. He doesn't even know that Charlie is okay. around or interacting because it, it literally is just obviously Jake came mm-hmm. back to OPA and was like, oh, Quinn went and took initiative, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know what I mean? And okay. then he's like, oh, you should tell her she does a good job. Yeah, no, it wouldn't it wouldn't make sense in the story for it to be Charlie. I don't even think he knows. <laughs> yeah, he definitely doesn't know that Charlie and Quinn are interacting at all. He would stop that. So do you think that Huck said that to... Set her up in some way because not at all. I don't think I don't think that. I think Huck Jr. I think Huck heard it from someone else, and he was probably like, "Oh man, you're right." Okay, because then when Quinn was trying to um, to get Huck to go home, and she said that she can do the the night shift, and he was like, "No," I felt a little, I felt a little something like Huck was about to do something. Like he kind of figured something out, which was revealed at the very end of the episode that he figured out what Quinn did. So I felt just a moment between those mm-hmm. two, and I believe that moment was the same time when he said, "I'm not a re- I don't recognize you um, for do- for your works and you're doing good." Hmm. So that was all in the same moment. So that's why I felt a certain way about you it. You think he was giving her the the opportunity to tell the truth? Yes, by saying, I, I, "You're doing a good job." Because mm-hmm. even when we were watching, I said, "Quinn." Tell them what happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell them about B six thirteen. Yeah. So maybe Huck was giving her the I, the he was opening up the door. Yeah. But I, I where she got me in a negative way was when the way that she says that's okay, you saw a moment of sadness. Like to me, that's all she had needed. And she felt if she had gotten that before, she possibly wouldn't be in this situation. You, we fast forward to the garage. She pulls a gun on Charlie. And to me, I was thinking a number of things. First of all, I was like, you're way too close to him. And I know nothing about guns other than what I see on TV. But you're way too close to him. Like, that. do you know what I mean? And then he's like, oh, well, you're not going to get another handler like me. And I like you. So, but part of me was like, okay, fair enough. Because to me, the interaction with, with Rowan, Charlie does have some weird feeling for her. However, if you're going to pull a gun, shoot it. You better use it. Don't pull your gun out unless you're ready to use it. Do you know what I mean? I I didn't understand the talking. I didn't understand anything. And the minute he even touched her, she should be, that should make her even more upset. That he has the audacity to either A, say he likes her and he's either playing her or actually, in fact, to like her. But to be ruining her life? Yeah. She's like, what? What I didn't understand about their relationship last week, you know, they're kissing and all that swapping, spitting, like, uh, whatever. And then this week, Quinn acted as if she had no feelings or if that kiss or anything that happened last week existed. Like, there was well, no... Well, because you can't... Like, she just killed somebody. Yeah. And she realized the whole thing was a setup. Where, yeah. Wherein she thought he was training You're right. her You're right. of her own consent, she realized the entire thing was a setup. You're right. Yeah. So, fast forward... 
end of the episode, we thought oh. we thought that they didn't recognize the face because that's what they were told. That's what we were told while they were at LPA. Quinn comes into her apartment late at night, steps on something. She's like, "Oh man, what's this?" Picks up the paper and it's her face. And at that moment, she knew. And she says it. And she says it. Turn on the lights. Huck is in there with his whole kit. His whole kit setup. You know what? When Abby dismissed, good old Abby, when they saw uh, just a small smidge of <laughs> Abby's body going out, that she was a girl with the the little small Wait, heels. Uh, Quinn. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, when Quinn coming out the door with the with the with the the skirt or something in the heels, Abby dismissed it, and Huck wanted to pursue that. She said it was a cheap suit and like some cheap, cheap some cheesy pumps or whatever. Mm-hmm. So. Next week, we'll get to predictions or what we think, but I always say this about Queen. You want to play with the big boys now? Guess what? Time to play. Huck is, I don't know what he's going to do, but I'm looking forward to seeing <laughs> what he's going to do. He licked her face. That's what we saw in the previews. So, yeah. yeah. We can, we can talk about this all night. Guys, tweet us, YouTube comments, let us know what you think about this whole Quinn situation. You already know how I feel about Quinn. Uh, so <laughs> now the the Ooh. main part of this episode, we saw Fitz trying to contact Olivia, like you know, like he does. She has a breakdown. She's pretty much over it in the beginning. She breaks the Fitz phone. Jake comes in and says, "You know, if Fitz wants to get in contact with you, he will find a way." Mind your damn business. You, Jake, I mean, people, it's, he's going to keep doing that as long as Olivia lets, lets, him him. Chime, lets him chime in. But then she wouldn't give put and pop a chance. I don't. Well, they, they got back. She gave him a second chance. Remember, they got back together and they were, you know, that whole living also, too, thing. Pudding pop didn't bring nothing to the table. At the end of the... No, no, I'm gonna be straight up. Jake basically told her that her mom... Like, information about her mom. Mm-hmm. Did Pudding Pop ever do that? Pudding Pop barely even gave her intel, remember, when they had the um the chip that could listen in on everyone. Mm-hmm. He was like, I can't tell you anything. Jake is like, I am willing to go in a hole for you, die for you, I will find any information, I will, like, take... Like, I will try to kill Command, who happens to be your father. And I'm not a fan of Jake, but I'm saying, like, he, he kind of brings a lot to the table. However... He should mind his business and he should pump his brakes because at the end of the day, it's obviously not just about Olivia. It's obviously about Fitz. Fitz. Like there's something about Fitz that he really detests. And he basically is like, I can't believe that Fitz gets everything, including Olivia. So when he makes those comments, he's slightly doing that yeah, he, to oh, both of them. Oh, he's absolutely and that's throwing rocks yeah. and hiding his hands. And Fitz hand. does it too. Fitz always, you know, he kind of takes digs about Jake. And when Jake was around, they had the basketball game. He was being all evil <laughs> playing basketball <laughs> with him. But, you know, we could, we'll talk about that. But Fitz gets a hold of Olivia. He sends Tom to her apartment. Olivia's like, you know what? I can't I can't deal with this. I'm not meeting up with him. She opens the envelope and it's a picture of him of no, her a- and her father. This whole time she didn't think Fitz knew, but he found out we saw last week that he found out who her father was. He she hops on the, you know, the president's chopper and goes to Vermont. Now when you guys saw when you guys 
saw that she ended up in Vermont at this house and this whole setup. What did you guys think? Because at first I was like, oh, maybe this is one of those like presidential hideaways like I, uh, Camp I thought, David or something like that. I thought it was a house that they were in last week when they flashed, when they went back two years ago, um, when Melly and the dad... It did kind of look like the yeah. family oh. home. It looked like oh. the family home. I had absolutely no idea. I'll yeah. be honest with you. I had absolutely no idea. But then once the music, once the music kicked in, when they were talking about the whole jam thing, that's the same music that they played in season two when she talks about, I want to have my own house. I want to make jam. It was the same music. Ooh. Oh, good. Oh, good, yeah. good band. So... Olivia comes and Fitz, I'm glad Fitz finally said when they were having the heated discussion at first, when he said, you know everything about me. And then he said, she said, no, I don't. And she brought up the the whole flight. And he said, you know everything that I was legally allowed mm-hmm. to tell mm-hmm. you. So I'm happy that he finally said that because I, I we keep we kept talking about how Olivia has these breakdowns. And she said, I, I thought I knew who you were. He can nobody when they get orders from someone and then fast forward years later, they meet the love of their life. They're not thinking, you know what? Let me tell them about the time that I was ordered to shoot down this plane with all these people on it, because I think that's good conversation piece. Nobody really does that. So I'm glad he finally pointed it out to Olivia. Look, I told you what I could tell you. She goes into her rant, but then he goes back to talking about the house. And even, and I think even he mentioned the quarry, the quarry from the marble, or the marble from the quarry tw- twice. It's almost like he was on a loop. Like, he was really just trying to be like, I'm just going to try to make this as normal as possible, and potentially she'll come around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead, man. I, I, the, the com- I do like the, the conversation that they had, um, because Olivia is upset with him, but then he threw right back, well, you know, you fix the election. You'd... And so, finally, they were able to have an open discussion about their their misendeavors from, from their past. Yeah. And so and they were finally able to get past it. And I'm glad that he kept reinforcing to her, like, look, I can't tell you this legally, but let's remember the election, you did this, you did this, you did this, I'm an open book. And so finally she was able to realize, okay, you know what? I need to fall back a little bit. Plus, then he explains to her, because he kept going back, then he goes into the house to jam, and so he did a great job at explaining why he couldn't do what he did, but also saying, you know, hey, we both had some things in the past, and now this is what our future can be, and it was just, I liked it. Yeah, it was a good moment. Mm-hmm. He called her a dirt, a bundle of uh, dirty, dirty little, little secrets. secrets. Yeah. But no, it was good the way he with the way he tied it in. Um, he, you know, like you like you said, Bam. She was like, "Why do you keep talking about this house?" And he said, "This was our house. It's lots of room for kids." Um, this and also, was, can I back up for a yeah. second? He said, "I bought it when there was a moment that I thought we had a chance." So he didn't say, "I knew." All it took was one moment that he potentially thought that they had a chance, and he basically started to build the literal and figurative foundation for a life, right? Now, let's think about this. I have to go there. She didn't have a life with her father. So at age 12, her mom dies. Her dad sends her off. So she's never had a home, number one. Number two, when he says, you're a bundle of dirty little secrets, she goes, if I had told you, you would have run. And he goes, no, I would have protected you. She goes, I don't need protecting. I'm fine. Yeah, you do, girl. 
let's go back. And I think it was Bam who brought it up last week. Your mom died at 12. Your dad sent you away. Right? That's a pitiful time. You obviously needed protecting. Fitz is willing to protect you, to be your ally, to be your partner in crime, whatever it is. But basically what he's saying to you is, I have to know the truth in order to assess what you need from me. Number one. Number two, you have to tell me so that I know. But if you don't tell me, then I'm just guessing at stuff. And I think that the way that even in that moment, and you saw, and I can't remember the line, but basically, did you see she stepped back for a second? And then she stepped forward. Like, she she almost was going to do what she always does, which is pull away when they actually start to get close and honest and real. And then she realized, like, it doesn't matter. Like, if he killed my mom, I know it was simply in order, right? And I didn't think she was going to be able to get over it. But it's simply an order, and at the end of the day, this man really, really loves me. It's not a whim. It's not this. It's not that. He was actually planning a life, and we could have had a life, and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you get tired of this holy roller coaster. Yes. Now, what's your thoughts? Did this annoy you that they are not together but had a moment? It. You know what? It, it did for different reasons one okay the up and down most relationships have the up and down it's more annoying when you're watching it than you're at when you're actually in it i've been there myself but not to this extent but (laughs) you know but whenever this happens in their relationship something happens immediately after to where she runs away again so for me the whole time i was watching this i was saying in my mind okay so what's gonna happen next to make you run away then you have the Melly factor. But uh, that's actually before we go forward to the Melly factor. This was the first time they were honest with each other. Right at the window. And he goes, stay another day. And she's like, oh, I have to go to work. You have to go to work. He basically told her that he shot down the plane. Even though she's been alluding to it. He told her. To me, he told her for one primary reason. Because they're being open and honest. And that's all he wanted. He wanted to know that if he revealed it, she's not going to go anywhere. Number one. Number two, he was taking the risk that no matter what, he basically said, I love you. And she basically is like, yeah, yeah. No, and he's, no. he's like, I love you. I need to tell you this because I'm about to go after your father. He needs to be stopped. So I need to, to, you to know that whatever happens, whatever chaos, because just like you said, they always have this roller coaster and something happens and they pull apart, that you know at this moment and forever I love you. And she goes, take him down. This was the first time, instead of having a plan, her on her own, him on his own, they basically talked to one another. They both had consent. And they went their separate ways. And I know exactly, or I think I know how their relationship is now going to go apart. Now that her mom is back into it, she's going to find out some reason why the dad or something had to take the plane. And is going to probably separate them apart. Well, I was a little more, and uh, what, one thing that rubbed me the wrong way real quick, when he said that he was going to try to stop Rowan, and she basically tells him to go for it, dig as deep as you can for answers, that's the same thing Olivia did when she presented the, the case to OPA, when she said, this is very dangerous, your life could be on the line, but can you help me with this? Olivia is putting everybody at, of course Fitz wants to do it, you know, for himself because he wants to know why he was ordered to shoot the plane down. But a part of me, I have a problem with Olivia wanting everybody to dig deep in this situation that could put their lives in jeopardy for the sake of her finding out about her past. That's one of my issues. I get that you want to find out and I get everybody loves you and they want to help. But 
At what point are you going to stop and say, I really want to know this information, but somebody's going to die find out, find out, finding out about it, and they are my friends, and I ask them to do this. But I agree with you, but I'm going to just jump on the other side. But wouldn't she think that the president of the United States would know that about how um, how how this could kill him? Of all people, so OP, OPA, no, OPA, no. But the president of the United States has a little more insight to what this man can do. So I'm yeah. going to jump on the other. I'm going to disagree with you just and for I, the sake of And I agree of, with Bam yeah. because I think the difference is the president actually knows what command is. Mm-hmm. The associates only know through Huck, and they know Huck can kill people. But I don't think that they know, first of all, that there's anyone higher than Huck, and. And I can't recall, like, I don't I don't think she they know the full aspect of who command is. Mm-hmm. And this is going to sound silly. It mitigates it that it's her father. It makes it tangible. Does that make sense? It makes it less scary. I really don't think they know what they're dealing with. Yeah. The president yeah. is different. And I really don't think she asked the president. To me, the president was really saying, I need answers. And in the way he said it, it was like, I need answers for me. And she basically said, so do I. Yeah. Yeah. Does it make sense? So meaning, no matter where we meet, if we don't happen to meet in the middle in our in our answers, you go with God and I'm going to go with God because I need to find my answers and you do the same. And I think she was saying it because she understands how how fiery, like it's consuming all of who she is. So she's kind of assuming it must be consuming Him. fits like that because it is, it's actually a dirtier secret than defiance. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. But as far as the aspect of Fitz knowing what he's getting himself into, Fitz just found out about B613 a couple months ago. Oh, good point. You yeah, know what point. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Fitz still kind of <laughs> has this fairy tale idea that they're this secret spy uh, organization. He knows they're bad and he knows what kind of what they're capable of. But has Fitz really seen B613 at work. But see, I think with Fitz, there's this whole issue because there's his dad that's involved. His dad saved him. You got the, you have Rowan. There's, there's so much backstory to why the president had to follow this order, which he just revealed that, um, he revealed something um, in that conversation. I can't remember. I wrote it down somewhere. But he revealed something like he didn't know why he had to. He's completely oblivious about this whole yeah, situation. Yeah, he basically he said, he goes, I need answers. I need to know yeah. why I was given an order to shoot down a plane that killed 329 people. I yeah. could be getting that wrong, but yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I just, I can go on and on about it, but it just, Olivia has seen firsthand what that organization can do because one of her closest friends was in the office rocking back and forth all day because of it. So to me, I just. But I think maybe that's where it is. I think she she knows it needs to stop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And if anything, I think, and it's it's weird, I think that what's happening, and I think this is where, why they had to bring up, again, Dirty Little Secrets, and that's the underpinning of this entire show. To a certain extent, they've halfway gotten out their affair, right? Because it was out there for two seconds, and then it got pulled back, but it was out there, right? And it kind of gave them a little bit of freedom. The only other, quote-unquote, secret Olivia has is that her father is the head of command, if she can take down the head of command, that's another secret out of the way that allows her to kind of live her life as she should be living it without any restrictions. Because now we come to find out that a certain aspect of her inability to make decisions and kind of questioning things comes down to the fact that not only does she have a father that sent her away when she was 12 and a mother who who died violently 
but she has a father who's the head of command. Mm-hmm. So secrets are obvious, and we're and we're going to talk about it obviously in the in the next um, topic. But presumably, also she has a mother who keeps secrets. So without consciously knowing it, she has been <clears throat> raised with secrets, and I think she's finally actually taking accountability for her life and standing up and saying, no matter what the consequences, I have to find out what the truth is. So speaking. Speaking oh, of speaking of secrets, Melly, she's 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 slipping because she revealed to the she revealed to the president's secretary when she said call call Olivia. The expression on her face gave this gave all the details that a secretary, if she didn't know, the secretary knows. And I think Melly, she her emotions are are driving her insane, and I think is going to bite her in the butt for how she's not being able to conduct and hide what's going on in her marriage and what's going on with Fitz and Olivia. Yeah, yeah. What were you about to say, Cornelia? So I was going to jump. I was going to keep going. Just over real to quick, mom. is that I think, and it's very similar to, and I can't remember the episode, but the episode. Remember when um, they were having the christening and and Melly was folding um, the clothes. It always happens with Fitz and Melly. Fitz is very endearing and sweet to Melly. Melly connects to Fitz, which is what happened. They had the interview. Fitz saved her in the interview. They're watching the interview, and she's like, oh, that's my favorite part, right? And, and like that's this. basically when he's like, I'm over this, right? Because mm-hmm. he basically he basically feels disgusted with himself, right? He knows that he had to play that role to support her because she's always supported him. But now he can, he can feel it. He can feel that basically she's connected to him. And then what does he do? Because he doesn't want to actually connect and love her because he loves someone else. He's like, don't wait up. He bounced. He bounced. So again, Melly knows where he is. Melly may not actually know where he is. You don't need to go through that. I completely agree. Her emotions are getting the best of her and I think that's why in the sequence of episodes that we had the flashback episode that we had because again and I've always said that Melly loves Fitz. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that she's not evil or maniacal or strategic or all those other things but Melly loves Fitz and it hurts her. And she looks good in her little outfits this season don't she? She does look good. <laughs> so Mama Pope we see at the beginning Rowan comes to visit her. She asks him, demands, I want to see my daughter. Because we find out she hasn't seen her picture, anything, for 20 years. Totally, you know, oblivious to what's going on in her daughter's life. She starts to gnaw at her own body, which was the most... I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it. She ripped the veins and the artery. Like, she ripped her... She, The doctor said she ate her own arm. Yeah. To get out of the prison... To be put into the hospital portion of wherever she was. That Rowan finally, you know, does what she asks, shows her some pictures. And I, and I like mm-hmm. the fact that um, Mama Pope said to Rowan, where are the other pictures? Because he showed her old clippings, you know, stuff from like newspapers. And he was like, what do you, well, that's it. <laughs> and she was like, no, I know you. And I know you, and basically I know you watch her. Where are the pictures of you guys eating Thanksgiving dinner, having turkey and laughing? Yeah. He was like, oh, no, no, I don't have anything, you know, no, no. And she's like, what did you do to her? Mm-hmm. When Olivia said, we found out about the popcorn, when Olivia said or not, you know, not happy, she doesn't like sweets. I gave her popcorn. Mm-hmm. I sung this lullaby to her. Then Rowan gets upset, orders. Right. But also, too, he also makes, and I don't know the exact comment, but he basically makes a comment like, how dare you? Because obviously, to me, he's saying, 
you left either by choice or the actions your actions led you to this situation. I disagree. I believe that he said, how dare you be? It's one of those things like they, you know, they may have been their relationship. They may be separated or, or whatever the, the situation is with them. But husband and wife know each other. And she knew exactly what he did and his way to try to avoid him answering the question. He had to say something like, how dare you? Because he had to avoid trying to answer the question. He knew exactly but what he, he said. So, so she goes, what did you do to her? And she goes, I told you to take care of her. And then he goes, you're one to talk. I see what you're saying, but I still say that, and 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 um, Cornelia has been alluding to this from day, season episode one of this season. There is no way someone is capable, just like the doctor said, not just to make a bite mark. She she, she gnawed. It's not like the, her arm was like under a, a a rock and she was gonna die. Like she to to pull out her artery. Like, that is a different level of training. Like, part of me is like, yo, she, A, is a cold piece. Mm. And maybe better than Huck, Jake, Rowan, all of them. You know what I'm saying? No, seriously. Like, I'm just so, disgusted. I couldn't even you know, look at it. No, but that's my point. Yeah. So I think that really what he's saying, because to me, the fact that she's still alive, you don't keep people alive unless somehow they're so important that you think that sometime in the future you may need to use them again. Right? Or you just kill them. Mm-hmm. Right? To, that means she has some value, right? So mm-hmm. it's the same thing. The fact that she gnawed through her arm and he gave her what she wanted, she basically is like, oh, I win, right? And the way that he would, no, I still contend. Of the two of them, even though it seems like she's he's the badder one. I think she no, is. She's no, the badder I think one. she's the badder one. Because she's playing him. I totally And you can agree. tell he gets he gets flustered. That's why he's looking in the corner when she goes, where are the real pictures? Like, and, and just like you said, when he goes... You're one to talk. I think there's something there. However, it still was that he got flustered. And you got he, Rowan flustered? And also notice how he wasn't shocked once he saw that doctor dead with the needle in his neck. He didn't he he didn't look surprised. Yeah. Which makes me wonder why didn't he have how come Rowan didn't have more security or something around knowing the capabilities capabilities of what his wife can do. I think go ahead can and it ties right back to mm-hmm. again Mama Pope she might be the cold piece of the season. Mm-hmm. What I I if I were in the <laughs> hospital and I just chewed my wrist to smithereens I wouldn't be able to take down a doctor, uh, stab him in the neck with the medicine he's going to give me, and then take his clothes. Like, I wouldn't be able then, to do that. And then in two weeks, stand, at the, stand outside on the street like <laughs> you are fine and, right. and, your, and your blood and everything is all great. Right. Like, no normal person will be able to do something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So that shows her level of, uh, of skill, and that shows kind of who she is. She knows how to navigate her way out of there. Because you're trying to tell me she's just in a regular hospital? No. If you've got out of that, the medical room, she got out the whole facility. Who are you, lady? Like, that's what I want to know. Who is Mama Pope? So, we, after the fallout, end of the episode, Olivia's walking home. She hears, what did she hear? Did she say, hi, Olivia? No, she said, hi, Liv. Hi, Liv. Olivia turns around, and it's her mom. Standing on the bus stop, sucking on a lollipop. <laughs> she wasn't sucking on a lollipop. But she, <laughs> okay, L.O. Cool J. Right. the way, girl. But she's just there. Yeah. After 20 years, you know how many, like, when she, when I when that scene happened, the first thing in my mind was, you know how many nights Olivia probably cried yeah. 
when her mom died. Like, she probably cried every single night. She's still going through it. She doesn't have connections with people. She can't be affectionate. She runs. Like, her whole world was turned upside down. And now this she's she's here, and then and then it's like she but like she's alive, right? Like I don't know. I would I personally would have thought that I had like lost it. I would have passed out. I was like, I'm surprised she didn't faint. Um, or maybe it's just one of those like she was probably so flabbergasted she didn't know what to do. But but what's interesting to me is again that dynamics of Mama and Pop Pope because obviously. He visits her uh, often or daily. And for her to finally, after 20 years, say, I want to see my daughter and no, has and hasn't no. seen a picture. I don't and, think they see each other that often. Well, because you remember he said he was coming back tomorrow. No, but I think that's because because now, like, there's stuff going on. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think, like, no, you know what? Actually, I take it back. Keep going, ma'am. It's just it's just odd. Like they have they have some weird relationship. I don't know. I kind of see where you're going with this because even when they were in the hospital and he was showing her the picture, he had his hand on her shoulder. If that's somebody you hate, you haven't seen that you don't kick it with. She's just this evil person. You're not gonna have your hand on her shoulder. You're gonna show her the pictures. You're gonna be like, look at the little pictures. Okay, give me the pictures but back. See, send her away. And, I, and I'm telling you, and I think, and I actually don't think that they've been visiting each other a lot. I think I'm telling you, of the two of them. Mama Pope is the bad one. I, I, and I even totally because agree. even when she said, um, you know, I want to see my daughter. Do you notice when? And so this is like the the first scene of 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 this storyline. The way that she kind of got up on the bed and leaned forward, and he looked at her for a second, like he was attracted to her, mm-hmm. and then like left. She's the one playing everything. So I think that it's almost like he forgot. Like, they were having a moment. Like, mm-hmm. he was really, like, kind of like someone normally would. And basically, like, oh, I'm just showing you pictures, whatever. And and forgot himself. And that's why, notice, when she made that comment, where are the other pictures, that what did he do? He retreated into the corner. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is a passive position. If, if you're looking at the two of them. She's yeah. just sitting there, like, totally in the hospital. Think about it. It's like you said. Totally in the hospital after she not off her wrist. Sitting there, like, ha, 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 looking at pictures. And then it's like, so where are the rest of the pictures? Yeah. Like, she's just having a normal conversation. He's the one who's literally being backed into the corner. Yeah. We, hopefully, we'll see where this goes with the fallout. Uh, now they know that Mama Pope is on the loose. Everybody's hunting her down. And Olivia is back with her mom again. So... Guys, tweet us. Let us know what you guys think. We'll get into uh, some predictions. But bravo, Ava DuVernay, oh. on this episode. She was the director of episode 308. Tweet her. Tell her how great she was. She, does, she has other projects. You know, oh, The Door I, oh, is one of door. my favorite. Yeah, it made me rethink shorts. Yeah, so she's amazing. Um, let's jump into some predictions, guys. <sighs> now, you're after Buzz TV. So, we see in the previews where this is going. Huck and Quinn definitely have uh, a moment. We saw Huck lick the side of her Mm. face. That's just right there. I can't wait. My (laughs) prediction of next episode is that Cornelia can't wait for Quinn to get a taste of the big boys club. Because I get that you might need babysitting and, you know, you don't get the affection that you need. Okay. But... When you put your big boy pants on, you better know how to wear those bad boys. And Quinn is in for a treat. I don't I don't necessarily want to see her be tortured, but I want Huck to allude to the fact that 
you're going to be tortured because for me, for her to join B613, knowing what happened to him and knowing how he feels about Charlie, Huck, it seems like it's a betrayal thing with her. It's not necessarily about getting information. Huck, it seems, I, I have predict that Huck feels like Quinn turned her back on him and went to the other side, like his, his arch nemesis or the person who ruined his life. So that's, I, I can't wait. I'm going to piggyback on that just a little bit. I think it's really going to go there, but I think that it's going to be 50% he's going there. And as we all know, Huck loves whiskey, but I also think he's going there to teach her a lesson. Like, I think he's trying to snap her out of it. Like, he, I think he needs her to know, no matter how much you think we're friends, I'm a killer and you're not. Like, I'm going I'm to I'm show you what this really is. And I think that because he, he has to break her. For two reasons. Either he has to break her, so she basically is like, oh my god, I'm never going to do this again, and he's going to have to get kill Charlie and kill Rowan, or she really is a killer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but there's no in-between anymore. Do you know what I mean? She's gone there. My other prediction is completely out of nowhere. I don't know why, but um, someone has to die. They do. I agree. And my real prediction is just on based on kind of whatever. It has to be Jake. But they actually may go there. Well, just I'm just thinking, like, who's not, yeah. you know, needed. But... Knowing the writers of the show and knowing how they really sometimes, you know, sock it to us, it actually could be someone else. Mm-hmm. But I think someone has to die. Yeah, because there, there hasn't been a lot of deaths in uh, season three. So I was thinking someone totally has to die. I do think that Quinn and Huck, I think that he's just going to teach her a lesson. Um, my big thing is with Mama Pope, now that she's out, will she reveal to, uh, will she, uh, reveal to Livy why she left or what happened or will Rowan stop her? And will they come up with a story that they're going to tell Liv? Like, how much information mm. is she going to give? Because Olivia said in the, in the preview, my mom, she's here or, or something to the fact said, that she, what should I do? Yeah, what should I do? Or like, she's here. She's here and she's not leaving. So what is she going to, what, what information is she going to reveal? And just on a side note, <clears throat> Take off some of that makeup on Mama Pope and Harrison. They look casket sharp. Just stop. <laughs> Take off some of that foundation. I can't. I'm sorry. Casket sharp. They, <laughs> With that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a great uh, episode. Thank you for tuning in. Let us know your uh, your comments. If you have any predictions, theories, let us know. Tweet us. Um, hit us up on YouTube. Where can they find you guys? You can find me at Big. Um, you can find me at BigSixEntertainment.com, or you could. Uh, I'm blanking out because I'm still laughing about the Cassidy Sharp. BigSixEntertainment.com, or on Twitter, Instagram at Bam Erickson. You can find me on Twitter at Sophia Stanley, and I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Canelia. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Once again, we'll see you next week, same oh, time. Oh no, no, no we're off no. next week, Thanksgiving. Have a happy Thanksgiving with your family, friends, or whatever you're doing, and we'll see you two weeks from now. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.